Hello guys and welcome back to In the Zone, the podcast where we talk all about MLW. Hi guys, I'm Declan or Mallage Y. Um it's pretty good uh to be back on here. Today we have 2017 MVP, uh 2015 World Series MVP, 2017 World Series MVP as well. Noah Dabrico. Noah, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Um so uh it's really a pleasure to have you on here. Um I'm a big Mallards fan. Uh and uh yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, so my first question for you is, um, I've heard a little bit about how the Seahawks got into the league originally, but, um, it's pretty funny to like hear about how you guys, uh, first originally came in here. Um, you know, you had like a skirmish against, um, Chad, Kyle, and Tommy, and then Kyle just kind of let you in. Um, anything to reflect on that? Yeah. So, uh, funny story. So, before we actually even got the okay to get into the league, me and Kyle, Eric, we, we made our Seahawks jerseys, our homemade ones, and we actually wore them to school <laughs> the, the day we had our little skirmish. So, yeah, it was me, Kyle, Ryan, and Dominic, who was in the league for one year. Yeah. Uh, we took Chad, Tommy, and Kyle on after school, and I don't know how, but we ended up managing to beat them. And this was like, I don't know, maybe a month into just pestering them all the time, let us in the league. It wasn't big at all, but so we were just, I don't know, it looked fun, and decided why not. So yeah, they actually let us play that little skirmish after we wore our jerseys to school, and we took them down, and that that was all she wrote to get the Seahawks in the league. Yeah, and obviously Ryan came in a little uh, later, and, um, you know, so... um, Obviously, I'm sure, you know, you'd heard about it, and Kyle was kind of debating, like, um, who he would want in the league in 2013, so, um, you guys, I did not know that you guys actually beat them, that's actually pretty, pretty cool to find out about. Yes, we, we, it was no, uh, it was no blowout or anything, they did not beat us, we, I think, I think Chad, Chad might have pitched, they took us a little later than anticipated, and they, they paid for it. Yeah, that's actually a pretty cool fact I did not know about. Um, but your first year, you um, finished with the Seahawks. You guys uh, lose to the Wildcats in the playoffs. Um, but uh, the next year, you actually, if you can't beat them, then you join them. So uh, you, Ryan, and Kyle uh, actually joined the Wildcats in 2014. Um, and you have a pretty good year. Um, and you win your first title uh, with Kyle. Um, but that World Series was pretty crazy. Um so, what was your reaction uh, when Kyle hit that ball in, like, uh, you know, in 2014 when he uh, hit the walk-off home run? Oh, well, I remember it was it was getting super late. I think that was one of the only games I ever played under the lights. Uh, I don't know, I definitely was not very good that year. I don't remember ever <laughs> contributing very much. And I think I only showed up to maybe one or two games that series. But when Kyle hit that home run, yeah, it was a relief just to win the league. I mean, back then, it wasn't like I was paying attention to how competitive the actual league was. So, yeah, it was cool to win that first time. And Kyle, yeah, Kyle was definitely our uh, our GOAT that year. He was just heads above the rest. But it was pretty cool. I mean, being on the Seahawks was fun. Like like you mentioned, we lost the Wildcats in the playoffs. But we actually beat them the one time. But, yeah, joining them was cool. That, definitely my least favorite of the three World Series, but it was yeah, um, and you also had uh, your your 2015 one, 
um, and uh, that was uh, obviously uh, you had a pretty good um, series that that time. Uh, you ended up winning the World Series MVP um, in an absolute blowout in Game Five, um, but the Eagles did go up two one. So, what was your guys' mentality like coming back? Um, I think kind of that whole series, even though we did lose some games, it was more just a mindset like, all right, let's stop playing around with them. I mean, Dan got a little older, Clayton got a little older, so they weren't bad or anything, but I think it just took a little while to get to the groove. And then once, yeah, that that fourth game where it went up 2-2, we knew it was in the bag, as you can see from five, the fifth game. Daniel was probably a little tired out. Yeah, I think the funniest thing that comes out of, uh, you know, um, Noah Dabrico is uh, the trash-talking, especially the Eagles trash-talking. Um, Dan, Dan Schultz isn't the player he says he is. A bunch of stuff um, with Cratch and uh, Clayton. Um, that, that's, I mean, you're known as the trash-talker, the villain. Uh, it's it's pretty funny, especially. Um, I don't like the Eagles, so uh, that's definitely something to uh, to talk about there in itself. Yeah, and um, you also, in 2016, you um, went back over to the Seahawks with Kyle and uh, Ryan after Kyle had that little weird retirement stint there for like a year. Um, and uh, I think the funniest thing is like you pitching back then um, and then uh, the 2016 wildcard game when uh, uh, I think Ryan and Garrick, he made that spectacular play at the wall. Um yeah. I mean, this, the Seahawks were an amazing franchise. It's a shame that Kyle had to disband them there. Yeah, I mean, what's sad about it is that if we had, if any of us managed to become at least decent at pitching, we probably could have lived in the league a little longer, at least they could have. But I don't know how I, me or Ryan, we just, pitching's hard. I, I bet you if I was out there and, like, right now in the league, I bet if you gave me 10 balls, I could probably hit that thing one time. But... Yeah, leaving the lead there. Well, that year was weird because we were definitely better than the Predators that year. And just that last game, we played awful. And throughout that whole year after Ryan, Ryan actually wasn't that bad. But I swear sometimes he just didn't try. So that's how that year ended. Kind of a bummer. Yeah, and obviously you did talk about uh, in the documentary of the Quack Tech how uh, you did want to change um, a, t a team change. So you went to the Mallards, and you ended up having, arguably, in my opinion, the greatest hitting season by a non, um, by a non pitcher in MLW history. Uh, you ended up winning the MVP. I believe you were one category away from winning Triple Crown. I guess what kind of changed was it? Um, 
your swing that looks like a caveman or um what what was it exactly uh well i think that actually that year before when i was on the seahawks i got a little better and even like that last year with the wildcats in the postseason i kind of got more in the groove of things uh, I mean, I don't really have a good answer for you. More that just the more you play, the better you probably get practice-wise. I mean, all those guys, they have, they got to play baseball at least and, like, swing a bat. Then every year when I started to play wiffle ball, it was my first time since the last season swinging a bat. I don't know. I feel like, well, even, like, till this last year, the pitchers that I had already seen, I was way better against, like, say, Dan or Kyle. Just, I don't know, got more used to the league. Things kind of slowed down. We practiced a little that year, but I don't think that was too good. I don't know. Things are slowed down for me. Yeah, and obviously, um, you know, in 2017, uh, you also won your second World Series MVP. Um, fun fact here, you're actually the only person not named Kyle Schultz to ever win anything with the name MVP in it, um, which is uh, at least twice um, or more. Um, so that's a pretty cool fact, um, especially considering one of those times you beat out Kyle for it. Um, and, uh, the next year, 2018, you had a pretty good year, too, um, and, uh, the Mallards, oh, and the 2017 season, you guys won the World Series, um, you know, you talked about earlier in 2014, that was your least favorite of the three titles, um, but was this one your favorite? Oh, by far. This one, well, first of all, the league got a little bigger, we weren't just playing Daniel or the Eagles, especially since the Cobras stacked their team, they added the well, they had a new guy every week, and those guys were actually some good ball players. Like, I got, I even though Zach Hopman didn't play. A Jack Krause is a D1 baseball player. Hopman, he plays here at Michigan State. They were a solid team, Andrew. So just being able to come back and beat them because I don't know me. I mean, Tommy's like one of the league, one of the league greats. But me and Steve at that time, we were just some locals, some local shows. So definitely coming back to win that one and just like being Tommy and I's team was. It was pretty special to us. Yeah, and obviously, um, so the next year, uh, you guys uh, come in with the mindset, you know, uh, you just won the World Series. Um, you uh, finished the season uh, losing to Kyle Schultz. Um, but I think that one of the best things that comes out of losing is Noah Dabrico's, um funny moments against Kyle Schultz. And one of the funniest things is when you take him yard for the second time that game, in game two, I mean, uh, of the 2018 World Series, and you just scream something like, oh, yeah, Kyle. Um, it got mentioned to me, like, I think, like, a day ago by one of my friends. It's it's pretty funny. Like, uh, you always, like, bash on Kyle and a bunch of other people. Um, is is it do, Does it just come, like, um, during the game? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Kyle and I are decent buddies. Uh, definitely against Kyle himself. There's always some uh, some bias officiating from his father, Mark Schultz. God loves his dad. So whenever I play Kyle, that's I'm, that's always at the forefront of my mind that Kyle's going to get all the calls regardless. And then, I don't know, some of Kyle's mannerism pissed me off <laughs> while he plays. And then, yeah, the sack game was the whole... Being able to punk on the commissioner was pretty sweet. But to lose that series is a bit of a bummer. But yeah, that game was. Uh, yeah, it's just really during the game where I talk rubbish to Kyle. 
Uh, I think you're uh, right definitely there about Mark Schultz. He's definitely uh, biased there. Um, sometimes I, I see that him, um, you know, being like, Kyle Schultz deserves this award, Kyle Schultz deserves this award. Um, you know, Kyle Kyle is, you know, a bum. He, he should not be getting the MVP every year. He doesn't deserve it, so um, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and um, so uh, obviously, um, you know, 2019, um, probably one of your best seasons. I think you even, um, so, uh, with 2019, um, you had, I think you led the league in home runs. I, I would have to recheck that. Um, but, um, how, was 2019, like, comparing all your seasons, considering the competition, was 2019 your best year? Uh. Probably. That was probably probably my peak right there. Or I mean maybe a little before, but yeah, I guess that was probably the point after where it kinda of just got zoned out of everything. I, I would say so, before I fell off at least. Well, you did have that M V P year in twenty seventeen, so like well looking at twenty nineteen though, your stats are pretty good too. Um I think it was just because Cratch and Daniel had the ability to pitch. You did get screwed out of Silver Slugger by Drew, though. I will say that. That's for certain. Yeah, I do for that now. But yeah, I mean the pitch. I mean, I'd say every year the pitching's got better, especially Cratch. Cratch is super good. I'd say Dan dropped off a little bit, but yeah, more and more the league got up. I'd say the better at hitting you can get, because the pitching definitely isn't going to get worse. Probably reflects that you got a little better. Yeah, and obviously uh, you basically came into the 2020 season announcing your retirement on multiple sources. Um, was uh, So you, you come into the first series against the Magic, and um, I think you had one hit. But honestly, so many people like to bash on you for having a bad year this year. Honestly, you weren't that bad. Honestly, you ha- you batted above league average. You batted better than Drew, which I'll know you love that. Um, and uh, so, honestly, I don't see how people, like, rip on you so much. I mean, your fielding's pretty good. Um, I, your batting average was above 200, and Drew's was below 200. So, um, how, how was um, this year different, considering you, were, you, were, you already announced your retirement? I definitely would say I did not play as good as I should have. 
but I got snubbed for being a uh, an old man at the uh, a last All Star game like D Wade. Honestly, yeah, you you honestly should have been that in the All Star game. It's kind of like the Derek Jeter thing where like he kind of sucked in twenty fourteen, but he still got into the All Star game. It, it, I mean, you didn't suck. You were actually probably better than Derek Jeter ever was. Um, and uh, so um, I don't know. Uh, reflecting back on you know your career, this uh, Kyle announced I think like a month ago that you were gonna retire. Um, how like have you been cl- contemplating it for a while or um i know i know you're i'm pretty sure you told me that you're moving away um and um is it gonna hurt to leave mlw oh uh, yeah looking back i definitely strengthened a lot of friendships i already had with high school buddies um it definitely gave me something more to each summer like like we talked about earlier it felt like a real sport like I actually had I genuinely cared about winning and like making the playoffs like that was really important to me and um yeah it was just another sport that I could go out and play and have fun doing besides like basketball or football and uh so that was just really awesome and retiring um well I was hoping that I'd have a job this summer somewhere uh, and it so happened to be in Maryland. So, yeah, I knew I'd have to move away and not be able to play. But if, if somehow I was in southeast Detroit area, I probably would have tried to play my best. I mean, it, it's a bummer, but I think I think best the best thing for the league would be to have guys play for their four years of high school and four years of college. Good eight-year career, and, I mean, that's what I had. Maybe nine, I don't know how many years I played, but. I think it was the perfect amount because all these new guys are coming in. If I played next year, I'd probably get much better. <laughs> so it's probably my best time to win. Yeah, and I think you'll go down as, in in my opinion, uh, I, I know you saw that list that I put out a few, I think like probably a month ago, probably like two months ago. Um, you said I'll humbly um, accept this spot in Mount Rushmore or something like that. I remember it was pretty hilarious. Um, and you got some... Um, Definitely, um, you got some criticism over the years, uh, especially from Cratch. Um, but in my opinion, you won the battle against Cratch overall in your um, career because um, you hit off him well. Uh, you hit better than him, obviously, and uh, I, that, I don't know. I'd, I'd agree. I think I may have Cratch by a smidge, but if he manages to pull out maybe another World Series... I mean, he already won MVP, I think. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm pretty sure he's batting pretty well now. At the end of the day, if he keeps up, he'll probably be on the Mount Rushmore with me or any of those new guys. But I think for our careers, I mean, it's a hard comparison because when I was shitting on on the Eagles, he was probably 12. I was like 15. So that's a bit unfair. But I'd say for now, just for a sake i'd be a little better than yeah um and uh obviously uh you know you do crap on the eagles a lot um and uh so what do you what do you i mean uh, obviously you're not going to be around for mlw anymore um but i mean are you looking forward to seeing what the league has got in these next few years i am i'm excited to see how much kyle can expect because he's already had these Tournaments all over. He's had like three or four. Um, I know he like wants to get some kind of circuit going. I mean, 
everyone has their doubts, like, I don't, like, how much bigger could it actually get? Like, obviously, YouTube's great, all the subscribers, but, like, I know, like, Spikeball, like, they actually have a bunch of real tournaments, and, like, obviously, wiffle balls never get baseball or football or basketball, but, I like, I'm just excited to see what Kyle brings it. I like seeing all the new kids that come in, and especially, uh, hopefully taking a spot in the Mallards front office to see where we can take that, that program. Yeah, let's uh, for sure hope we can get uh, bring home another title. Uh, hopefully, Tommy can draft good. Um, and uh, so I, I think that's about wrapping it up. Um, Noah, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, and uh, is there any last words you want to say for the viewers or um, before you make your uh, exit of the MLW? Oh, just thank you, of course, for bringing me on. Thank you guys, the fans, for just making it this fun to be able to talk about stuff. Just a couple of average shows out here playing wiffle ball get the chance to talk on stuff like this, so I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Noah. Um, I yeah, want to thank all you guys. Um, thanks, Noah, um, and uh, I'll catch you later. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to In The Zone, the podcast where we talk all about MLW and the news and notes from around it. Hi guys, I'm Declan or Mallards Y or Pretty Happy Mallards fan on Instagram. Um, today we have Luke coming back on. Um, Luke, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast, and uh, I'm ready to get going. Yeah, that's one thing that um, you reminded me. 350 listens already through our first 11 episodes or something like that really means a lot to us. Uh, we put in a lot of dedication, and um, I know uh, Luke's working really hard. Um, you know, um, I know I'm trying to do the best I can, um, trying to put out content every day um, besides that. Uh, let's just get into our first topic. Lots of MLB stuff. Let's just say that. Lots of MLB stuff, including me having a spaz attack um, when I woke up on Tuesday. And um, it's pretty, pretty awesome, the news. But we're going to get into the lower news. So, the first signing was Pedro Baez with the Astros. Well, not the first signing, but he's... Kind of just somebody to talk about. Luke, what did you think of this signing? Uh, was it a two-year deal, I'm pretty sure? It was, yeah. It's definitely not the most, you know, impactful news to come out, but, you know, a reliever nonetheless, a good pickup. Um, I mean, I think that they've got a good one in him. Um, you know, I know that they lost uh, uh, Will Harris a couple years ago after the uh, World Series, so... You know, just filling in replacements. I mean, he's, you know, about, he's pretty solid, so I like the move. Yeah, I, I didn't hate this move, but honestly, I cannot believe that nobody was talking about Pedro Baez was a free agent. I did not know that he was a free agent. Um, yeah. It's actually kind of under the radar. He was pretty good um, these last couple of years for the Dodgers. Um, but other than that, he didn't see much time in the Dodgers bullpen these last few years, so I understand why. I mean, the pickup of Blake Trinan... Um, really, really impacted them. Uh, honestly, if they didn't have Blake Trinan, they might not have been able to win the World Series, quite honestly. Um, and uh, honestly, that Dodger bullpen just keeps getting stronger. I'm so glad that they didn't get a guy who we're going to talk about a little later. Um, but other than that, I'm pretty happy um, about this. Um, but um, I think I think the next thing, did anybody else sign? I, I can't remember. No, I've only this one account. I haven't really seen anything. It's been kind of quiet. Uh, the last thing I think I saw was the Pedro Baez news. 
Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. You're talking about three five eight baseball. He's goaded. Um, and uh, honestly, uh, like again, we don't know. I, I, I I'm blanking on if anybody else signed, and even if they did, it's nobody impactful. Um, but honestly, this is, uh, in my opinion, this was the biggest week for MLB um, so far, um, because. Obviously, last week, middle of the afternoon, Luke, do you want to announce this one? Uh, <laughs> Town fans, you know, I know you're happy with, obviously, the signing of Liam Hendricks. What? No, 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 we're not getting into that. No, oh. no, the Lindor trade. Oh, what do you mean? That's, that's the big one for you. No, no, I meant the Lindor trade. It happened last week, not this one. You, you said this week. I, said, I thought I said last week. Okay. Ever, ever, uh, never mind. Go into the Lindor trade, whatever. Right, right, right. Francisco Lindor. Obviously, I'm not super happy about this trade because it's, it is my, my, our rival, the Nets, who acquired him. So I'm obviously not happy. But, um, at a, you know, the Nets, the way they're looking out and their lineup is scary, you know, their pitching is obviously just staying good and, you know, they're working on getting some guys in the upper pin like they obviously did. They got uh, Carlos Carrasco as well in that trade. So it's not looking good, uh, but the NL East is very powerful. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, I didn't hate this trade, quite honestly. Um, but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the Indians could have gotten something else. Um, and honestly, I'm so glad to have Lindor out of the mix now. Um Honestly, Carrasco is a good a good move too. I'm glad he's out of here. Um, and honestly, I feel bad for all the Mets fans getting their hopes up. Honestly, if you think this is single handedly going to win you the World Series, it's not. You're not even going to. Even if you add Trevor Bauer, I don't care what you do unless you sign George Springer and Trevor Bauer. And honestly, if you sign George Springer and DJ LeMahieu. I'll say you could probably win the NL East, but if you only sign one of them, you're not winning the NL East, quite honestly. The Braves are better. Just, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. Could you argue that the NL East is the best division oh, of baseball? Oh, no. No doubt. No doubt. No. Yeah, I think... I don't even think that's really, like, a debate. Um, and, um, in my opinion, I think the NL East is, uh, like... I don't want to say it, it reminds me of what we used to think of the AL Central midway through with the Tigers actually being relevant. Um and I mean it's a good race but I mean it's just it's I, I mean, I'm not sure. You have four teams where it's you know between the Phillies, Nets, Nationals and Braves where neither one is a complete you know, favorite. I mean, well, um, you know, like, you know they're going to win it or whatever. And the Marlins are on their way up. They have a great farm system, and they made the playoffs mm-hmm. last year. So, so, yeah, the future is really, like, great for the NL East, and I think that they're really powerful right now, especially with the moves that they've made. Yeah, sorry, my White Sox group chat is blowing up right now, guys. So, um, anyway, yeah, like you said, I think, um, I think the Mets, uh, I think this does 100% make them better. But the the question is, James McCann is probably the most overrated catcher in all of baseball. 
Um, and I love the guy. I love him. But here's the thing. He is not JT Really Muto, and stop acting like he is. Um, JT Really Muto is the best catcher in the game. Did you avoid, you know, paying, you know, Really Muto a lot? Sure, but literally you could have gotten Really Muto. I mean, he's asking for a lot, but honestly... With the four years that you gave McCann, which is an overpay, by the way, you could have given two years to JT. If not, if not, honestly, you might have been, if you, if you stepped it up to, like, 50, which is only an extra 10, you could get him for three years. I mean, stop acting like you're, you don't have money. You have that money, so, that's, yeah, that's, you that's also it. believe that Yasmani Randall is better than McCann. Oh, What? Bro, a hundred. I, I, this isn't even a. No, this isn't even a question. Yasmani Grandal is the second best catcher in baseball, and some say he's the first best, or he's number one. In my opinion, I don't think that. I don't think that. It's just yeah, I think JT. Yeah, what Real has done. Uh, not only in the twenty twenty season, but just you know what he's done with the Phillies. Yeah, I just think right now he's on the up right now, so I think that he is number one as well. Yeah, again, though, if if JT doesn't have... if Okay, I'm just going to say it like this. If Grandal has a good year and JT has not a better year, or I guess a mediocre year, I'm going to put Yasmani over JT because it's just such a close race right now. And I think that's something to look at as, like, one good season from Yasmani, for me, will put him over the edge. But I'm still going to say JT is one. Yeah, Yep, and uh, so uh, the Indians' return package was pretty okay. Um, they got some good names. Uh, honestly, they traded for like guys who are either on their way to the MLB or they have failed in the MLB. Um, Ahmed Rosario is one of them. Um, and I think, honestly, uh, it, it's apparent that the Indians are going to are gonna tank. If you're asking me, move Plesak or Bieber... Which I would move. I would move Plesac. Plesac is kind of like Quintana for me, and Bieber is kind of like Sale. So Quintana gets moved. Um, actually, not thinking about it. Uh, Quintana actually got moved after Sale. Um, so I think honestly, move Plesac, who I guess is Quintana in this situation, but he's getting moved first. Yeah. Move Plesac at the deadline, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't, honestly, like, I wouldn't trade Ramirez, honestly. No, J-Ram's J- got to stay. I think you got to build around those two guys that you're, uh, you know, they might have, you know, if you, I wouldn't, I guess tank is the word, but more like, you know, just a few bad years, because they are, you know, in the AL, which is, you know, just tough in their division. I would not be surprised to see the Indians make the playoffs. I would not. But in my opinion, there's no way they beat out the White Sox. Could I see them beating out the Twins? Yes, we will get into that situation a little later. But um, f- actually, we're going to get into it right now um, because now I'm thinking about it. This leads into our next topic. The AL Central has a bombshell um, literally released on Tuesday night. I'm sorry, Monday night slash Tuesday for some people. Um depends on where your time zone was. Liam Hendricks signed a three-year deal with a club option of a fourth year, and either way, he's going to get paid $54 million. This is 
probably the best move of the offseason. You know what? Screw it. It is the best move of the offseason anybody has made. Um, because quite honestly, I don't care what the Padres do to their rotation. That was honestly a stupid move because let's look at their farm system. They have a ton of starting pitching um, who the Cubs got in return uh, for Darvish. And honestly, just trade for Snell. That's all I was going to say. Just trade for Snell. I don't know why you needed to trade for Darvish too, but, you know, that is what that is. But Liam Hendricks is now the White Sox closing pitcher. Luke, what would you think of this? Yeah, you know, I already know you were super happy about it. You got one of, if not the best closers in the game. And, you know, you made that bold prediction. You posted it on your story. You, you know, you were right. You told me. You were right. I thought this was just one of Declan's big, bold moves that he wanted to happen. And it actually did happen. So I can't remember what you said for the money, if you were right about that. Okay, here's what I said. On my White Sox account, this is what I specifically said. I said an ideal offseason, which is kind of hilarious because I posted this on, like, Sunday. Okay, my ideal offseason would have been sign Hendricks for three years, $33 million. So if you look at it, they're basically paying him, I think it's like 39 in his first three years, but he has to get paid $54 million. But what I said was sign him for three years, and I almost got it on – on point, which is pretty good. I, I, you know. Yeah, Declan came in really clutch with this prediction. Uh, I mean, would you would you call it a prediction or more like wishful, like thinking? You know. Okay. Like, did you see him landing anywhere else, or were you so sure that he was coming to shot time? Okay, here's the thing. We talked about our free agency predictions. I think like probably December fourteenth or something like that. It was one of our first together. Yeah, I think it was our first together, actually. And I think, okay, we we were predicting our free agent predictions, and you said that Liam was going to, I think you said, like, the Mets, probably, if not the Mets. I think you said the Red Sox. The Phillies. You said the Phillies. No, I, I don't know. I don't think I know a couple of guys, I said they would stay there. But I don't think I picked him to stay with Oakland. No, nobody picked him to stay with Oakland. Um, but here, here's here's what I said. So, if anyone wants to debate us on this, first off, I predicted it in our In The Zone podcast. B, I don't know why I didn't say A, but B, um, I also said to Luke, I texted him. I said, Luke, I don't want to do a podcast until this week is either over or we get a big-name free agency signing he texts me before this. He says, look, we got to do a podcast because Lindor and Carrasco just got traded. And then I'm like, no, I really, really feel like something's going to happen. And I say, that specific thing that I think is going to happen is Hendricks to Chi-Town. And this happened on, like, Saturday. So, I mean, it, I think I'm, like, a predictor. And he called me bold, so, you know. Hey, I called it bold. I've called you bold many times. You make bold MLW... Uh predictions and, and MLB predictions so obviously you're going to get it right at some point and uh, and you did and uh, yeah you landed a good one and uh, speaking of I'm going back on players not you know signing with the team um, that they were on like when Julian wasn't going to sign with Oakland 
What do you see DJ LeMahieu? Do you see him in that same boat of not going back to New York? Honestly, the report came out. DJ LeMahieu was not happy with the Yankees. So when I heard that, it didn't surprise me because I did say something about it. I said the I said DJ LeMahieu is not going to be happy with the Yankees. Here's the thing. When you have a guy who batted literally th- the highest average since probably Ted Williams, I'm going to have to fact check myself there. But when you have a guy who batted an average of that, sure, it was a 60-game season, but DJ LeMahieu was dominant nonetheless. And when you have a guy who also came in second for the batting title last year in the American League behind Tim Anderson, and you don't want—his two years in the Bronx have been nothing but dominant, and they don't want to give him a four-year deal. Listen, he's not asking for, you know, a six-year deal, which would take him into his, like, 38- or 39-year-old season— Literally, Albert Pujols asked for, like, a 10-year deal, and he literally was, like, 31 at the time. So, my problem is, why can't the Yankees just get this done? Like, he is a good player. Like, his two years in the Bronx have been nothing less than special. He literally just finished third in MVP voting. He should have been second, but that's a topic for another time. But the problem is, is that they don't want to give him his money. Yeah, he definitely raises their odds, you know, for the World Series, just the way that um, Francisco Lindor does being added onto the Mets. So I think that, I, like you said, like I don't think he's asking for too much. I think New York has the money and that they can do it, and I don't see why they won't because they're losing, you know, if they lose him, which they probably will, they're losing a guy that is a big catalyst on that team. Right, and um, I think I think here here's the thing. I honestly can't see a situation where Toronto does not get Lemayhew or does not get Springer. And honestly, I I hear a lot of people saying that one move will put Toronto in the driver's seat. That's not happening because guess what? You want to know who my favorites for the American League is? If quite honestly, I don't want to sound biased here. But honestly, if the Yankees lose DJ LeMayhew and they do not make a starting pitching sign, signing, whatever, they are not going to be, I don't even think they're going to win the AL East. Honestly. Honestly. No, I, I think you're right. I think, like I said, DJ is, uh, is a big part of that. And they also do need the starting pitching. It's not there and um and yeah, there's nothing else to say. I think there's just too much competition going around right now that they can't afford to lose um, guys like him and also need to gain some guys. So Yankees, within, you know, whatever the deadline is, they better make some kind of move with anybody. Here, Here's my thing. I don't see why the White Sox aren't the the team to beat for the American League pennant right now. And, you know, the Rays are done. The Astros are probably done. I mean, their franchise is crumbling around them. And sure, you can say all you want about Bregman and Altuve. They still made it. But guess what? You know who a big part of that postseason was? 
George Springer. You want to know what a big part of that postseason was? Michael Brantley. You want to know who's leaving this year? Michael Brantley and George Springer. Not to mention, Justin Verlander is probably not going to be back anytime soon. Yeah. So. And getting older, I know he's, you know, the fine one or whatever, but, it, I mean, yeah, I just, I just don't see them uh, producing the way they have the past few years. So. So I wanted to pose a question to you. I think, I think that with this Liam Hendricks signing, I think that the White Sox have a top five rotate have a top five bullpen in all of MLB. Yeah, I mean, he puts y'all up there definitely from what you had before, and when you get a guy like him who's a number one type guy, I don't see why uh, you can't. Uh, have him as a top five or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're right about that. I don't think that there's uh, any way to look around that. Yeah, and, like, here's the thing. A lot of people aren't realizing we have Cody Hoyer, Matt Foster, who are two pretty good, pretty good sophomore years. They're coming into their sophomore year. Um, And technically their first full season. Um, And then you have Evan Marshall and Aaron Bummer. And I mentioned something about this, and I said, just imagine the combination. I called it the three-headed monster. Evan Marshall in the seventh, Aaron Bummer in the eighth, and Liam Hendricks in the ninth. That would be disturbing, and I would not want to see that at all. Because imagine Lance Lynn, Dallas Keuchel, Lucas Giolito, and quite honestly, Dylan Cease is going to have a bounce-back year, Michael Kopech is going to be pretty good. I don't see how I, I don't see how you can beat this team. I mean, I just don't. I mean, yeah, listen, now everyone, you know, has bad games, but for the majority, those guys, those starting guys in the rotation that you named, those big ones are going to give you six to seven innings almost guaranteed every game. And it's going to get to those three late relievers that you talked about. So when it gets to that situation, if you're down by three-plus runs, even two, I think you have a good cushion. I think that there's no way that they blow that um, more than not. So, yeah, I definitely think you guys are scary. And the, you guys are still kind of like under the radar. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, the MLB world. And it's I don't know why. I mean, look at the lineup, the rotation, and William Hendricks signing. And obviously you have young guys in the bullpen like Cody uh Whereas, Cody uh, Hoyer. Hoyer, yeah, right. So you guys have the weapons, and I don't know why uh, you guys are getting overlooked by teams like, you know, like Minnesota. I think that you guys are better than Minnesota. I think it's a hundred percent knock it out of the ballpark. I actually, and then obviously Kansas City has been on the down. Detroit yeah. sucks. Yeah, I, I think that you guys might take it, or will take it. Honestly, I don't see a situation where the Central is not ours. Take a look at Minnesota. Honestly, I'm skeptical right now of what Nelson Cruz can do. I'm skeptical, even if they re-sign him. Quite honestly, I honestly think that Nelson Cruz is going to be bad. Honestly, 100%. I just think that's what's going to happen. And honestly, without without Oda Rizzi, you can say all you want about his aging or that he's too old. I don't care. 
the guy is literally your third best arm in your rotation, and quite honestly, he might be better than Jose Barrios. He's He's been, you know, through some injuries. You can't keep talking to me about Kent Maeda. That guy isn't good against us. He fed off of a weak AL Central, and you can say that about our pitchers too, but guess what? Dallas Keuchel and Lucas Giolito absolutely dominated the Cubs when they faced him at, when they faced him at Wrigley. Now, when they faced him here on the south side, different story. But when you had Dylan Cease dominating the Cubs too, and he let up one home run against the Cubs against a guy who is also not even on the Cubs anymore, oh, that is the signing who we forgot. Now that we bring it up. Can't believe that Luke actually forgot about this, um, but apparently he doesn't keep up with the Nationals enough. Um, Luke, what happened? What did you say? What did you tell him I think you cut out there? Luke, the Nationals signed somebody this week, or last week, and you forgot about it. I did not forget about uh, Mr. Schwarber. I was waiting, you know, I didn't want to interrupt, I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to wait till we got to that time, you know, save the best for last. No. Uh, I don't know who Liam Hendricks is, but, uh, yeah, Kyle Schwarber, I mean, you know, you can talk crap about him, he didn't do good in 2020 or whatever, or he's like, you know, strikeout or home run or whatever, but if you look at his numbers in 2019, they were really uh, solid. I think he hit a career high in home runs and a career high in, like, uh, RBIs or run scored, I can't remember, but I think he still got some uh, pop left in his bat, and I think that um, he's a good uh, replacement for losing Adam Eaton. There's definitely more power there, and obviously we, we signed Josh Bell. That's just even more power to add to the lineup with Juan Soto there already. So, and there's not much else to say, you know, other than it's a good signing for us, and that it is another under the radar. When I saw the rumors about him being in talks with us, I didn't really believe it was going to happen. But that's just me. I never believed that we'll sign anybody. But Mike Rosa does a good job with uh, making these types of moves. And he wants the best that he thinks, you know, can produce the best. And so, yeah, I like to, I like to pick up with Kyle Schroeder. For me, this was a great move. And I hated how... We're talking about Kyle Schwarber and his 2020 year because it was it was a bad year, sure. But my problem is the guy has been good, so he's going to be good again. At least, I don't know why the Cubs didn't want to pay this guy $8 million. And the Nationals paid him $10 million. So literally, I don't know what the Cubs were thinking if they just wanted to move on, but... It's just it's just a bad look for the Cubs at this point. Yeah. Uh, they're a team that's on, you know, the the downslide, you know. Um Chris Bryant's and a lot of trade talks, you know, he has been for a few years, but I think this year, bold prediction from Luke, uh, that he will be out and will not play with the Cubs this year. I could be wrong and they could just hold on to him but I think that he will be a trade piece to look out for in the offseason here's the thing I don't like about rebuilding teams they don't trade 
for their people, even though they know that they're going to leave. The Bryce Harper situation is a good situation. Bryce Harper didn't want any of it. They were willing to give him the largest contract in MLB. He still said no. So why didn't they just say, oh, you know what? This guy doesn't want to, you know, re-sign, so why don't we just move him at the deadline for pieces so that way we're not losing, you know, a huge chunk. That's what I don't get about, you know, like, people's decisions. If you're, okay, if you're, like, if you're competing... I don't think that you need to necessarily move them, just have them finish out the year and see how it goes. But I mean, if you're rebuilding, most of the time the the star player is not going to want to stay, so just move them. I I mean... I think that no matter what the the situation is, if you're competing or if you're not, I think that if you have a guy that's that good on your team and he doesn't want to be there, obviously, I think that you've got to just accept that and try to get what you can uh whether it's you know picks or money or you know pieces in your bullpen it doesn't matter you're going to need something instead of just losing him and gaining nothing so that's a it's a good point that you made there um because it really is stupid how teams in all different sports do that ladies and gentlemen james harden was traded and I don't even follow basketball. Yeah, I, uh, I could get into that if you... Yeah, go ahead. I don't even follow basketball, but that's like one of the few stars, like, I, I'm sure everybody knows, but I don't follow basketball. But, you know, this is obviously huge for uh, the Nets. Yeah, James Harden, uh, involved in a four-way trade, um, said the night before he was traded that things were just not working and not clicking, and that was the last straw for him in um, Houston. There was a four-way trade between them, the the Nets, the Cavs, and the Pacers, where the the Rockets received, um, geez, they received two players that were eventually both traded away. Um, a couple other players that they have now on their roster, and four future first-round picks. Dang. Wow. Yeah, like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the Nets gave away four players, four first-round picks in the future for one guy. Who's getting fat. <laughs> and he's not really selfish or unselfish. There's really not much to say. I mean, he's a star. But would I have given away that much? Especially, like, Chris LeBert, who was, like, a lead scorer at the time for the team, who was, you know, kind of under the radar doing really good for them. I don't think I would have. But the picks is just wild. I mean, you give away four first-round picks in the future for one guy. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I've never really liked that move to throw everything in for one dude. I, 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 you know, again, I don't follow basketball at all, but from the things that I have heard, James Harden is pretty stuck up and he's kind of selfish. So, I mean, it's just, it's kind of rude that he has been dissing on the Rockets the whole time when he literally made them, I think, 
they went to the final four a couple of years ago or something like that. Yeah, they, they've always been contenders with him, you know, since he's been there, um, since he was traded away years ago uh, by OKC. He's, he's always kept them in it. That's where he made a name for himself because he wasn't really a big name at OKC. Goes to uh, Houston and, um, and he makes a big name for himself. So, And there's a lot of guys that have done that in any sport. So... I don't really have anything else to really say about it. It's it's basketball, and it's not our main topics here. So, yeah, and sorry if we're a little off today. Um, it's pr- I'm pretty tired. Um, and uh, you know, school is just sucky. Uh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I think. Go ahead. Do our MLW topic? Yes, sir. Take it away. I think uh, everybody's a little shocked today. Uh, I dropped a little bit of a bombshell, mostly because the podcast was not announced yet, um, that it's been out on MLW's Pipe It Up. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Hook has retired from the MLW um, after one good, really, really good year with the Metro Magic. I'm just... It's it's kind of sad for the Magic, quite honestly. It's It's... I don't. I don't even know what to say. It's difficult for them. Yeah, I mean, he didn't really. Uh, I didn't see any stats from twenty twenty. He did not play. Yeah. Um, but his twenty nineteen stats when where he uh, first year right made the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, he was definitely a contributor. He was second in home runs on the team, second in RBIs. Uh, he walked. He was tied for walks for the most walks on the team. He struck out the most, but batting one eighty six. And you're not a big name. You're not like a crazy, you know, good dude or whatever in the league. That's still good. Like I said, average in the MLW to the MLB is completely different. If you're batting over two hundred in the MLW, you're a solid player. So. I'm sure Kyle Hook has his, you know, personal reasons of why he's stepping away. There's, you know, you know, job opportunities, and you know, these guys are growing up. So um, I wish him the best, and um, I know it sucks. It's a, it's a hit on the Magic, but I think that the way their roster is looking like for the future, you know, with Chadwick, Agner, and um, uh, Liam, I think I think that they'll be okay, but they are going to miss on Kyle. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, I think them and the Eagles are basically screwed at this point. Um, And it kind of sucks for Magic Nation. I mean, this was a guy that they loved so much. And it it just... I I know a lot of people who still... uh, Who were asking about Kyle Hook like the whole year. And it just kind of sucked for them. um, That, uh, you know, Kyle Hook never made an appearance again. Um, and, you know, I think, I think we're going to see this a lot more. I think, I think this is a common thing, um, that's going to be happening. In fact, I would not be surprised to hear that no dad, uh, sorry, I am looking at no Dabco in my notes right now, so that's why. Um, I would not be surprised for Alec Warda, um, or Jack Agner to, um, be, um, I guess, I, I guess they would retire um, in these next couple of years. Brennan Russell, too. Um, a lot of these Brighton kids that 
grew up playing in the league, they're probably going to be out soon. I would not be surprised to see a point where literally it's just the Eagles, um, Drew Davis, and probably Andy and Sean for a little bit. Um, But I would not be surprised to just see Tommy and Kyle as like the only ones who really started playing the league that wasn't the Eagles, you know? Yeah, I mean, and it's just, and it comes down to a few simple things. Um, number one, they don't get paid for any of this. So there's, I mean, the only point of playing is for fun, which, um, and, you know, and being there with, you know, friends and the enjoyment of it. Um, and then these guys are, like I said, they're older. These guys are in college. They're getting uh, degrees and jobs, you know, for their future. And they can't, you know, stick around for something that's, you know, just for fun. They, they have to uh, be able to make time for other things that are more important. And um, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised either if, like, some of these guys that we've seen for a few years just start dropping like flies because you know, they're taking opportunities in other places, so, yeah. Yeah, I think, okay, I might, I think that Alec Warda is going to get his 100th home run next year, and I think that's going to be it. Honestly, if he's the one person, um, Brennan Russell's going to be out with him too. Um, They are the two people that I expect to retire, probably Jack Agner too. I say, the original core of the Preds, where Alec kind of found the original, the, the his first core in 2016-2017, I think they're all going to departure at some point um, together, and I think, I think that's also going to be, um, I think Cratch is going to take over the Preds, and, you know, th- this just sucks. It, it really does. It's, it's a yeah. grim topic. It, it sucks to, uh, I know it's like a very sad topic right now, but it's reality. I mean, at one point, all the guys we grew up watching, uh, or guys that came along, are end up are just going to end up, you know, being gone one day, and the league is going to turn into, you know, Chris Cheatham as like, you know, five years the next goat or whatever. That's what we'll be talking about, and right now we're talking about you know him being rookie of the year. So these guys that are coming in the league next this uh, coming season. And what we already got now, I mean, these guys are the future. You know, Mork, we'll see him for a long time. His dedication to the league is crazy, how he goes to a bunch of series that aren't even his and uh, and helps out with everything. So I'd like to see what the league turns into, though, without guys like Kyle and Tommy. I think it would fail, quite honestly. Yeah. Like, here, here's the thing. Let's say that M- that MLW is basically like MLB. The commissioner or the owners sometimes rotate. Let's just let's just bring up this topic. Let's say that the Schultz are they have to move away or something, or Kyle is like, um, I guess like shifting away from it, and he's like leaving it in the responsibilities of like somebody else. I am not. I'm not a little concerned about. Tommy, I'm not a little concerned. I'm not 100% concerned. I'm not concerned at all. I think Tommy would do a great job commissioning. Would I think that he would do a better job than Kyle? No. I don't think anybody would do a better job than Kyle. But again, 
let's say the Schultzes and the Coughlins leave, this league would not be good. Not not a little bit. I I just don't think I I just don't think it would be a good league anymore. I mean, Kyle is just so dedicated to it. I'm not sure we would see as much dedication from whoever takes over. Yeah, he's you know, he's the face of the league. I mean, he's you know he edits the videos, he puts in all the effort for it, and when you think of the MLW, you think of him. I mean, he's the voice behind the camera, unless he's playing. He's the uh, you know he, he's always there. He's always been there. So if you lose a guy like him, a guy like Tommy, even Daniel, it takes a big hit. And and if if they decide to move on and he decides to teach somebody one of these younger guys how to you know take the lead, that's a lot of pressure and that's a lot of a lot that he's got to teach. He's got to teach him you know is the uh, how he edits. I, I don't think it's going to be edits. I think they're going to get an editor. But I'm just yeah, saying in general. That's what I've been vouching for since the beginning of last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why Kyle hasn't really gotten to that because I was getting tired of. Uh, one uh, video a week. Same. It felt like an eternity we were waiting for. Yeah. And it just felt so dragged out. Um, and it, I, I would, it didn't ruin it for me or make the videos bad. It was still, you know, they're still bangers, but I definitely think that a uh, future editor needs to, uh, or editors need to come in because League's going to need it regardless if Kyle's gone or not. Yeah, um, my brother's being pretty noisy right now. Um, but anyway, um, you know, I think that's a, that's a good point. You know, I think Kyle is just, you know, here's the thing. Kyle puts in so much dedication and it's just, honestly, I, again, it's nothing on Kyle. It's just, I get that the, that video edits take so long, but can we please get a second editor so that way we can have like two uploads a week? Because it, it's, I I don't like it. I get that it makes it fun, like, oh, well, our final upload is in December, even though we played this in August, and then it's like, you do, and then like, a few months later, it's May, and then boom. But what I would like to see is the regular season from, um, from, uh, May or June all the way to September, even if the games aren't played there. And then in October, he just releases, like, all the postseason series. So it's like the MLB. Yeah, and another thing, you know, going on to the editing, which I'm sure which is a big factor, is that um, is money. If if he gets another editor, that editor's got to, you know, get paid. Yeah. I know that the revenue probably isn't the biggest for MLW, just compared to, like, other big YouTubers or whatever, for being real. So I think that money might be the problem or whatever. If not, I really don't see why Kyle can't have somebody else taught his ways or uh, or whatever. And it, and it would take pressure off of him. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all on him. Yeah. Every video that comes out is on him. He uploads them. He, you know, stays out probably night after night working on one video. So... I know he probably likes the hard work, but it would be really nice probably for him to have weight taken off his shoulders for once. Yeah, honestly, he just needs to, like, I just I just hope the best for Kyle at this point, man. He's so, he uses, like, 12 different softwares or something like that. 
it literally has like a desktop or something like that um, that he edits on, and it just looks so difficult to do, but at the same time, like, Kyle needs to stop editing, and I think Kyle, Kyle's, like, um, Kyle's grind is awesome, but honestly, it, it would all be, it would be so great if he could just get two editors that one would upload, one would, um, they'd both work on an upload, and then we get two uploads, um, like one releases, and then three days or four days later, we get another release. So that way, it kind of keeps consistent, and it doesn't feel like, you know, we're, we're not getting enough content or whatever. Um, but I, I just wish that Kyle didn't have to keep uh, making these edits, because it's just getting tiresome, I bet. I mean, two uploads a week is perfect. You know, and if you can stay in a uh, constant, you know, um, loop with that, which will take you from May or June to September, where then you can just get into uh, October playoffs. And yeah, I think that it would make the, everything be easier. Um, I mean, I'm not down, you know, I mean, I'm down for signing, you know, starting a petition for uh, Mr. Schultz to be the next editor. Oh my God. If you ask me, the man already does the uh, scorebook. So, there's mean, nothing Mr. Schultz can't do. There's nothing, exactly. I mean, he's, he's stuck with them for this long, you know. I mean, why not, you know, take it to uh, the uh, technology side of things, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, this gets into our last topic of the day. Going back to MLB. Let's see how the Liam Hendricks signing will affect the MLB. Let's just say that the that the White Sox are slowly turning into the Dodgers. You are going to hate them in, in a few years. Quite honestly, I've already seen some hate. I get that that's um, what's being a fan of an actually good team, um, considering that I have not been alive the, the time that this team has actually been good. So I know nothing of how that works. But I did experience the uh, Blackhawks criticism at its peak. Um, so, uh, it's kind of hilarious, um, nowadays, they're turning into the Dodgers, and you're gonna have to accept it, they're gonna be better than the Padres, they're gonna be better than the Dodgers, they're gonna be better than the Braves, they're gonna be better than the Yankees, they're going to be the best team in the MLB in a few years, I think that the Padres don't get to the World Series until 2024, bold prediction, the Braves and Dodgers are just too good. Yeah. It's, you know, tough, but in the next couple of years, I mean, who knows what Snell and uh, Darvish are going to be able to do there with what they already have and what they haven't even seen yet. Um, and their lineup, I mean, the, you know, the NL's got to deal with Tatis, you know, for quite a bit longer and uh Machado I don't know how long he's gonna stay uh you know the way he's been playing but I don't know I think it's a toss up between those three I think that you're right though that the Dodgers and Braves are just that much better right now yeah but we'll see what the Padres have to um prove I mean we'll see what they can do you know yeah, I think this Liam Hendricks signing, honestly, this puts the Twins away. Honestly, yeah. if I'm being if I'm being serious, the Indians dug their own grave by uh, trading Lindor and also trading Carrasco, which they went out of their way to do. Um, 
And quite honestly, let's just be honest, the White Sox just killed the AL Central's hopes. And honestly, if the White Sox do not win the American League Central, even if they get into the playoffs as a wild card, even if they win the World Series, it's going to be disappointing. Because quite honestly, how do you not win the AL Central with that team? How? Like, literally, this has to be like... Okay, the problem with the Phillies was they don't have a bullpen. This White Sox bullpen is absolutely amazing. The problem with the Phillies is Aaron Nola was always getting injured. Jake Arrieta was always getting injured. None of our guys really get injured. And we have a better lineup than they did a few years ago. So I don't I don't see how this team doesn't perform. Same with the Padres, same with the Dodgers, same with the Braves. Yeah, I mean... You know, I'm looking at it, I mean, you know, you got Kansas City and Detroit at the bottom, and then it was, you know, a fight between y'all three, you know, Cleveland, Minnesota, and, and y'all again. Now, like you said, you know, the, those two are on the decline, especially with what Cleveland's losing and what Minnesota is kind of, you know, just not really to y'all's level, I think. So I think it's y'all's to lose, and that you, you guys control your own destiny and that you can so yeah again I, again uh, just wrapping up I don't see how this Liam Hendricks signing doesn't put the White Sox in the driver's seat for the American League Central honestly they should win the American League pennant but time will tell um, for now we're just going to have one more segment Luke who do you have in your World Series really quickly And winner. Mm. It depends off of signings, really. You know, if New York gets LeMahieu bad, are they a contender? And if they get a pitcher, uh, and Tampa's, I think, going to fall off. Tampa's terrible. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Dodgers again because I think they're going to make another big pickup. Uh, I think that the Dodgers are going to be there. And then the AL, I don't know if it's too soon to say you guys, but but I, I, I kind of want to say Chicago. Hmm. Who you got? I think the Dodgers go back to back. Uh, I have to agree with um, your... Uh, statement there about Chicago making the World Series. I think we're 100% going to win the pennant this year. Um, in my opinion, they are the favorites for the American League pennant. It, that's just in my opinion. But um, I don't see how they necessarily win the World Series unless it's against an extremely weak team. Uh, like, for example, uh, the Nationals, no, no hate here, um, but the 2019 Nationals is a good um, example. If they run into a team that, you know, kind of surges through the postseason, I think they can get it done. But I think it's the Braves against the White Sox, and I think the Braves pull it out in six. You know. Uh, uh, that if it was the Braves, I think you would have beat them. Mm. I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, it all just depends on signings, really. And, you know, injuries are a thing. You know, you don't want them to happen, but they do. You know, you base it off of the starters set on day one of opening day, right? And 
right now we just don't know that. So we're obviously just throwing predictions out there. We could be dead wrong. It could be, you know, I mean, Braves could not make the playoffs because of whatever. Who knows? Y'all might not win the pennant. Yeah. You know, you just never know what's going to happen. But, I mean, if I had to make bold predictions or put money on something, I would definitely have uh, you guys and um, the Dodgers right now. Yeah, I think the Dodgers are probably probably the best chance to win the World Series at this point. But, I don't know, something just in my mind, I think it's the Braves for some reason. Um, but anyway, any yeah. Anyways, guys, that's gonna wrap it up. Um, and uh, you know, um, me um, misspelling things, me being dumb as usual. Um, if you would believe it, I'm actually um, a pretty good student, uh, which is kind of hilarious. Um, but anyway, any oh my god, again, I cannot wrap this thing up. I really can't. Thank All right, you guys. guys. Turn it in and until uh, next time. Yep, what Luke said. Bye, guys.